With the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Y Whales, wherever in the world you are today. So it is September 6th. Uh, Bitcoin has decided to drop down under 20K. Uh, it's currently in the 18,000 ish range. Um, lots of FUD in the air, lots of crazy things going on. And so I always like to just start with that perspective. Um, the crypto market is, is, healthy depending on where where you kind of really feel about it it's it's moving down as a direction and that's movement um but but overall i think we're dealing with a lot of regulatory issues that and and a lot of just uncertainty heading into the political season here in the united states and so that's a lot of the uncertainty about where is is crypto going to be regulated and and by which party is going to have control uh, of of kind of the house so i think there's a lot of kind of outside of our controls it's out of the technology perspective um seems like ethereum merge is is moving along uh right on right on the latest schedule that they provided and and everything technically seems sound uh whether you know pr wise uh ethereum kind of has has their ducks in a row that that's a different different uh choice but for the most part really it's it what i continue to say and we've we've explored over the last few months here as uh, since the terra luna and and following crash thereafter is the teams of which that have been building continue to focus in in a lot more deep inside of their industry the next bull run will happen. It's it's crypto is not going away. Blockchain technology is evolving, uh, actually extremely rapidly compared to to Web one and Web two. So the idea and concepts of which that were sound in the last bull run are now being reflushed, built out, and being prepped for the next time uh, of which we're going to see this. And and my guest today is a fabulous uh, YPO member and and YWL member Daniel Jacobs uh, with Thrivecoin. So, but before Daniel, we we jump into what you're working on today. Where did you come from? And and this is you've been a long time tech entrepreneur cool so um so first I, I today i'm in boulder colorado and um maybe I'll, I'll give a little bit of my personal background in a general sense first and then i'll i'll get to a little bit of my crypto background as well so i i have been really excited about a concept uh that when i was younger i called a contribution economy uh, essentially my entire life my entire adult life and a contribution economy is a world in which when you create value, what you get in return is something more intrinsically meaningful and extrinsically valuable than a dollar. And I have experimented with building businesses that created different forms of contribution economies. Uh, one of those businesses was in the philanthropic world. The other was in the culture space. One of those businesses was uh, a B2C business. Uh, the, the other, which was in the culture space, was B2B. So our clients were like, um, Google or, or Citibank or KPMG, uh, organizations like that. And uh, sold the second business about 18 months ago, took a step back, looked at the blockchain, looked at DeFi, looked at smart contracts, and went, oh my gosh, some of the core concepts that I've been working on in other industries for over 15 years, uh, leveraging the blockchain can potentially do so much more. And that's what inspired me to jump in with my feet, my arms, my head, my heart, uh, essentially everything. Um, so that's a little bit of my business background. 
Um, I also have a kind of strange background in in crypto as well. Uh, so back in 2013 and 2014, I got into Bitcoin and I um, was sort of blown away by uh, the white paper of Satoshi and uh, the potential of the blockchain even before things like smart contracts or, uh, or DeFi existed. And I did an anonymous project where uh, I essentially replicated the the red paperclip guy who bartered a red paperclip until uh, he got to a house. Um, for me, I started with a, a coin uh, that I etched the Bitcoin logo into it and then bartered and bartered and bartered until eventually I sold, at the time, the world's most expensive piece of crypto art. And uh, unfortunately, that was not the Beeple $66 million piece of art, uh, uh, but uh, nonetheless, it was a, a pretty fun project, and it really had me understand uh, not just uh, uh, sort of the imaginative potential of crypto, um, but uh, how that imagination could, in fact, uh, transfer over to transactions that happen across continents, across um, uh, you know global divides. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 again, 2013, 2014, I mean, you were early. I mean, you were you were right there. <clears throat> you know, Bitcoin was uh, past the, the days of like, this is a test, but it had no intrinsic value. I mean, I don't know how much drugs you were buying on Silk Road, but that was generally the 90%, 90, 95% uh, of the use cases back then. So to, so to hear that you you escaped the uh, the drug-laden past uh, of, of crypto um, and, and really saw the the evolution of it coming forward is, is I always love seeing that. I, I was 2010, but I don't consider myself an OG because I threw, I threw them away. I'm like, oh, these are, these are great. This is cool. But, but, but to, you know, kind of see those core concepts, you know, flow through is, is always awesome to see. Yeah, no drugs on Silk Road, but I, I did see a lot. Uh, you know, I was I was on Mount Gox when uh, Mount Gox was hacked and you know essentially shut down overnight. Um, went from Mount Gox to uh, Mount Gox, by the way, was the first um, significant crypto exchange back in 2013 and 2014. Um, crazy story about how it was hacked. Um, that's for another day. Um, moved from Mt. Gox to Cripsy, which also was hacked and went under. Um, you know, I also, uh, the way that Dogecoin got started up was um, in Reddit forums, it was mm -hmm. used as essentially a thank you. So it was used to say, hey, great comments, or, you know, like, uh, I'm really inspired by the thing that you wrote or posted, or, and people would transact tons and tons and tons of these Dogecoin through. A simple program that um, the person on the Doge uh, coin subreddit put together, and long story short, that guy actually stole all of the Dogecoin that was in the wallets uh, that people had and were being transacted. So these were like, you know, you think like 2013, 2014, 2015, not so long ago. As it relates to crypto, it was very, very, very much the wild west and. You, uh, you know, hopefully people didn't invest their life savings at that point because it was a, it was a difficult time. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's things are evolving, and nowadays it's not 
the the exchanges so much getting hacked. It's the bridges and the the DeFi protocols getting hacked. Yeah. Um, the, the the crypto exchanges they shut themselves down with some bad business some bad business practices, which we can discuss on another day. But but let's pivot over and, and talk about what you've been building because I think that 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 the core concept of, is exactly as you said. You know, Reddit has a bunch of invisible internet points, um, which is great for your status. You know, on on Reddit, um, but but nothing translates there. And so there there's all this energy that, that people put into into their thoughts, into their their kind of, you know, extruding their lives through social media and a variety of other metrics around the world every single day that, that is never recognized past a, a you know cursory glance in some cases or a quick little thumbs up or an upvote. Um, but but Thrivecoin, you, you've you've kind of been thinking about this for a while. So I'll, I'll let you kind of run through um you know, where the concept came from and, and where you'd like to see it go. And I know you've got a, a deck you'd like to show as well. Yeah, I'll kind of walk through a little deck with you in a second. But, you know, one thing I want to uh, just say as a preface is, is that the really wonderful people uh, beyond me that uh, what we're doing is like really cutting edge stuff. And it wouldn't be possible without a group of people who just who know what they're doing in a way that maybe isn't so typical in crypto. I got really lucky because the VP of engineering in my last organization had been a CTO at a pretty big stable coin, which was not um, uh, Terra Luna. <laughs> um, and, you know, one of his closest friends uh, had been a leader at uh, Bit- Bitfinex, which is one of the top exchanges in the world. And, um, you know, before I, I knew it, you know, we had brought on the head of community of crypto.com and, um, you know, we're working with the head of BD of uh, Horizon Labs and uh, which is, um, you know, in, in the DAO and NFT space, uh, one of the top organizations. And we got very lucky because we had a group of people who saw things and imagined into things and could build things that are needed in crypto and that haven't been possible until you know, this crazy group of people got together and said, what if? Um, so, you know, I, as I show you this, I, I just want to be super clear. This is the product of just absolutely fantastic human beings. Um, and, you know, also people who have imagined into some stuff that, that is pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to try Love to share it. my screen right now. Let's see if I can make this happen. Share Chrome tab, Thrivecoin and Missionaries NFT. Okay. Can you see my screen? Uh, it's loading right now. Okay. It's thinking. There we go. You're on. Great. Perfect. So, um, you know, our vision is, is very much my personal vision. It's a problem that I've been working on and working on with a wonderful group of people for the last 15 years. Um, we believe in a world where it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, where you're from, if you create value for your community or for your communities, you should get thanked for the value that you create. And the way that we define thanking is rewarding people and recognizing people. And the problem is, is that in crypto communities today, it's hard for people to do things for their communities that are worthy of thanking because they don't know what to do. They don't know how they can help. Um, Communities often are decentralized and distributed. There's no leader telling you what to do. Um, For the decentralized or distributed leaders in these communities, leaders, I say that in quotes, 
it's really hard for them to thank people when they actually do things because they don't even know that that stuff has been done. Um, people are doing things on, on Twitter or Snapshot or Discourse or Discord um, or Zoom, and it's hard to track it all. And because contributions are being made to communities across all kinds of different platforms, it's hard for any of the leaders and communities to actually learn from any of it, to get data that tells them something that helps them to improve their communities. And, you know, the, the last part is, you know, it's, it's just a reality of the moment in time. Now that I think crypto winter has officially set in, um, people aren't making money hand over fist just because like they were yep. maybe six months ago. And the impact of that is that all of these communities that had these wonderful ideas and these wonderful visions, wonderful art, wonderful financial uh, uh, understanding, um, they are having a difficult time keeping people there because it's just not as fun as it was when everything was rosy and we were at the beach in the summer. And yep, 100%. You know, the way that <laughs> we think about uh, addressing this is really simple. We're going to address it all. Um, so, you know, what Thrivecoin ultimately does is um, we make it easy for anybody in communities to see all the ways that they can contribute to their communities, make it easy for leaders and communities to thank all those contributions. We make it easy for everyone in crypto communities to learn from what's going on and to be able to support their communities in improving. And we also are making it kind of fun, kind of meaningful, and even we believe it'll be pretty historical. And um, we'll kind of walk through how we do it. There are really three major innovations that Thrivecoin has created. Um, the fourth piece there is fun, which is nice, maybe not a te technical innovation, but still important. So the first major innovation is that we have figured out a way to auto-validate contributions that people make to their communities across platforms. So what that means is if you follow uh, somebody on Twitter or tweet at them, we can see that and auto-validate that that occurred. If you post art in a channel in Discord, we can see that and auto-validate that that occurred. If you vote on Snapshot, if you contribute to a forum on Discourse, if you attend uh, an event on Zoom or, frankly, in person, we can actually auto-validate all of that and, um, and immediately not just know that it occurred, but demonstrate that it occurred. And that leads to our second kind of major innovation. Because we can auto-validate that people are contributing to their communities, we can actually auto-reward all of those contributions, and we can reward them in two ways. We can reward them with a Thrivecoin, which is our native currency, or we can reward them with the native currency of any community that we are supportive. And in addition to that, we can recognize people too. Um, so we actually uh, uh, create an on-chain thank you note that thanks someone for the contribution that they made, that, that timestamps the contribution, that says the amounts of crypto that they were rewarded for that contribution, and so on and so forth. And the impact of being able to make it easy for people to make contributions and, and easy for leaders to thank contributions uh, and record everything on chain is that we make it easy for the first time, we think, for crypto communities to really learn from what's going on because we are taking all the data from what people are doing 
uh, on Discord and Discourse and Snapshot and Twitter and Zoom and GitHub and so on and bringing it into one place. And so we can analyze that data and we can offer and provide insights to community members about how together they can grow and improve. And the final piece, which I'll show you, and I don't even know how much of this you, you know about yet, uh, is that we're also telling this pretty fun, pretty epic story about the work that we're doing in the world. And I'll show that to you in just a second. So, I love it. So let's, let's, before you run away from the slide, because there's a lot here and I want to <clears throat> go through it so you can jump yeah, in for one second. Yeah, sure. Because it, it, to me, you've captured in, in, in this kind of context a lot of what Web3 is supposed to be. It's supposed to be this on-chain ability to have ownership and identity in a blend of which, you know, truly is unique that can't be solved anywhere else. And so the the point that I'd, I'd like to, you know, really highlight here and, and talk about with you is generally I get pitched a lot of projects, you know, a dozen, dozens a week, you know, constantly lots of things happening. And the first thing I always say is, can we just, let's just remove all the web three components and what do we actually have? And 90% of the time it's, it's, they're making it complex for the sake of it being complex. Um, you know, that it's, Hey, it's, it's web three cause it's web three and there's, you know, we could, we could do this in, in Amazon Azure, but we're just, we don't like Amazon or Amazon S3 or whatever the case is. But, but some of the things you're talking about here cannot be done any other way. You're never going to get the AP, all the APIs that, that you would need from a Web2 perspective to be able to do this, especially when you're talking about cross-platform and auto-validating across all the ways. You have to have blockchain. Like You have to have that open the open um, consensus that you guys are doing to, to make these things happen. And so I fully agree with you from a, from a community standpoint, everything you've, you're, you're visualizing and doing here. And I have to say that there is no choice to do this with a Web two uh, perspective. It, it it would have to be done Web three. So I'm really excited to to continue on with this. But I, I feel like you deserve a little bit of call out here for actually using Web three appropriately. <laughs> I I appreciate it. I mean, the the reality is is that um, you know even when you look at um, let's say a, a um, snapshot, which is the application that is used for voting in Web3, um, there is the belief that all of those votes are recorded on chain. That's actually not true. Um, so what's really interesting about lots of Web3 is that is you, uh, you think, at least from afar, that it's leveraging Web3 stuff, but much or most of it is not. <laughs> and the reality is, is that um, once you get things on chain, there's all kinds of cool stuff you can do with it, Right. Um, once you leverage a token economy, there's all kinds of cool stuff that you can do with it. Um, the problem is that people don't necessarily know how to do it and they don't know how to do it in a way that is easy, uh, and accessible for most people. And, you know, I think that that's, that's sort of the second part, which is, um, you know, it's one thing to say, Hey, we're going to make it easy for people to make contributions to their communities. It's another thing to make it really easy. And, you know, we think we've done that. Um, this is a slide, but I can show you like what it looks like in real life. Um, here's how easy it is. Um, people go to a community page and they see all the ways they can contribute to their community across different platforms. Um, they connect their wallet. 
they authenticate if they need to any of those platforms, like authenticate their, their Twitter address or, or, or Discord. And then they're automatically rewarded for all the contributions that they've made previously. And going forward, they're auto-rewarded because, of course, those contributions are being auto-validated. Um, so that's it. They see contributions, they connect their wallet, they authenticate if needed. And going forward, they are auto-rewarded for everything that they end up doing. Um, similar with banking contributions, right? So the problem historically has been that community leaders haven't been able to bank what people are doing because they don't know they're doing it. And if they do know, uh, they can't auto-bank them anyway. Um, we make it really easy for any community to bank at scale because they don't have to do anything <laughs> because contributions are auto-validated and then the rewards are auto-distributed and then um, uh, contributions are recognized with an on-chain thank you note that's auto-propagated, auto-created. So thanking contributions for communities couldn't get any easier. Um, yeah, and, and that's a that's a big note, you know. For anyone that hasn't, <clears throat> that likes to think running a community is easy, and I've got probably one of the smaller communities out there. You know, Y Wales is thirteen hundred members. Um, you know, we're a little different. It's it's quality over quantity for us, but right. but it still it still takes. We have uh, today we have a crew of four people that that's that's what they do. That's their daily job. Um, you know, we've got. 12 moderators that, that you're kind of, you know, going through and sorting through things. Um, and, and you're right. I, it's impossible even with that amount of crew and that amount of staff and that small of a, of a community to, to, to be able to do what you're doing here today without having to spend, you know, running through your TPS reports, like you're like, it's a normal job. Totally. Totally. And it's impossible to scale. And, yeah. you know, why whales will continue to grow and grow and grow. And, you know, what does it mean to honor, Everybody who's a part of Y Whales, um, regardless of how big you are, um, it's yep. easy to thank people, right? When they're sitting around a dinner table, it's not that you know. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen in every family, but it should. <laughs> Absolutely, it gets harder and harder as that dinner table gets gets bigger and gets replaced with conference halls, and you know that gets replaced with little little towns and then cities, and um, you know ultimately that's what uh, many communities, if not most, are trying to do. They're trying to grow, right? Um. So, you know, again, because we're able to um, make it easy for people to see all the contributions they can make and because they're auto-banked, um, auto-recorded with a receipt on chain, uh, the data that we collect is a set of data that, frankly, communities have never been able to see before. So people can see all the contributions in one place that they've made across communities. Um, communities can see all the contributions that their community members have made. And then we can derive and generate insights about what's really going on. And um, this has been, you know, extraordinarily meaningful for us to do because the communities that we talk to and that we're partnering with, um, they haven't known what's going on in their communities. And to know for the first time is a really empowering thing. By the way, this is what it kind of looks like. This is uh, an example of a communities page. I'm gonna introduce the missionaries in a second. Awesome. Um, but you can see these are a whole host of different um, contribution types. You can see the ones that I've done and that I've completed. You can see the rewards and see that I can sort by reward or um, by contribution type, by the platform um, uh, that I'm making the contribution on. If I um, click through, I can get, uh, I can get even more information. I can see 
um, information about everybody who's contributed to a community, about all the contributions um, that they've made, and so on and so forth. Um, do you have any questions about this one before I, I keep going? No, I love the, I, I love this, and and I'm just going. When when do I sign up? <laughs> so um, so we decided to tell a crazy story about the work that um, that we're doing. So we we invented this group of NFT characters that we call the missionaries, and the missionaries are on a mission to thank every Web three contribution with crypto and with an on chain thank you note. And when a billion contributions are thanked, a holy Swiss vault gets unlocked and the spoils are essentially shared amongst all of the contributors proportionate to the contributions that they've made. And each mission that they go on is really a partnership with another community. So the latest community that we partnered with that, that um, is actually going to be one of the first missions is Bankless DAO, which is one of the, I think it's one of the biggest DAOs. Oh yeah, huge. Um, uh, out there. And so an example of a mission, which is the mission that we'll be doing with Bankless now, is um, let's thank 90% of all contributions that are made by Bankless members to Bankless DAO. And then once that gets achieved, um, you know, we there will be significant rewards. We'll move on to the next significant partnership, um, you know, and we'll have a mission connected to it. Uh, and we'll share that step by step by step with the world. And the missionaries are telling, this is um, kind of funny, um, they're telling the story of all the missions that they're going on. I don't know if you remember, Jay, Viewmasters when you were growing up. Do you remember those things? Oh, they my God. Like the precursor yeah. to virtual reality? Yeah. Way, I mean, it was, uh, um, they, they, they were in the malls, I think. They, they um, yeah, so we're telling the entire story on a Viewmaster. Um so each mission, you know, we'll get a Viewmaster experience and people will be able to follow along that way. It should, should be a pretty fun thing. Um, the, that's, hilarious. that's hilarious. So the little, the little click, 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 and it just goes through the wheels? Oh, yeah, totally, totally. And, I love that. You know, every couple of weeks, another chapter will be unveiled. Um, that chapter will exist on, on those Viewmasters. Um, that's so, so cool. you know, we're partnering with, right now, um, fairly large um, NFT and DAO communities, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, uh, fairly clear, I think, why a partnership makes sense for them because, you know, across the board, uh, engagement is the name of the game in DAO and NFT communities. Um, they need to figure out how to engage and honor uh, their community members and, um, uh, and, you know, hopefully inspire new community members to, to join, and at the end of the day, we're addressing that problem in a, br a pretty big way. I don't need to go through this, but this is, you know, the, these are just some slides about what typical partnerships look like. Um, I guess the last thing that's probably somewhat meaningful that I'll share is I come from kind of uh, big enterprise partnerships space, and one of the things that I learned is um, the best way to support a partnership in getting off the ground is to make it really, really really easy. And um, so we really try to do that as well. So uh, once a community agrees that they're working with us, all they have to do is define all the different contributions that they value to their communities, choose the reward type. They have to allow some bot and API read access, and then they promote to their members. That's it. And then they're, then they're getting going. 
Um, wow. You already know this. This is uh, just some, some info about the leadership team. I think there's a thank you slide uh, right here. So yeah. there you go. That's, that's a little bit about, um, about ThriveCoin. Good. Well, now I get to now I get to tear into this because there's there's a lot here. So there's you know a, a number of protocols that that exist today that that make attempts to to help you know community leaders like like myself and like others to to um, engage their members and and member engagement is one of the hardest things you can do. Like for anyone that thinks that building a community of of even a hundred people is is easy, it, it's very hard. You have to create content. You have to have you know, lots of things going on. So so Daniel, you you've you guys and your team, which which are extremely accomplished, you've created a, a, a system not designed to really be a standalone, but designed to interconnect uh, a number of other platforms. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that that I can say that that we face is you know I've got members on Discord, I've got members on Telegram, I've got members on Signal, I you know I've got I've got people doing things on on Reddit. They're like like we're all over the place, and so trying to interconnect all these things. Is is extremely hard, and I, I feel like that's exactly what you're trying to do. Is you're trying to give a, a true community leaders a dashboard to drive these these bodies of energy in the in in the correct way, and that's what you have. Is you have successful communities of which the leaders can understand what the community needs and wants, and then help facilitate moving that forward. But generally, it's an invisible thing. Yeah, you've made it visible. So uh, you know, most people don't get that. So, you know, when we look out at the Web3 universe, there are so many tools, like endless amounts of tools. And the problem, we don't believe that the problem is another tool needs to be created. We believe that the problem is that there's not connective tissue that allows people to um, use those tools in an interoperable way that allows people to understand how uh, that allows leaders to understand how their members flow through those tools that allows them to get data that supports them in making good decisions um, that allows uh, and supports uh, members in being engaged with the community across those tools. And so ultimately we're not trying to replicate, nor do we want to discord, which we think does a great job or discourse, which we think does a great job or snapshot or GitHub or, uh, Twitter. I mean, those are extraordinary tools. Um, we're trying to support communities and engaging their community members on and across those tools and learning something from the experience. Yeah, and and that's really the biggest thing is that like just Discord is Discord, discourse is discourse. Like there's 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 are these platforms of which, although I have to tell you, Discord has been like a ghost town for a lot of communities lately. Just because again, there's when the community community leaders start to leave it, which is what happened after a few hacks and and some security issues around Discord. Like it starts to become a little bit like eh, you know, the hesitation to not use it becomes a, a real thing. Right. Um, and I think that's the, the point that you're you're really trying to make is you want to make this easy. It needs to be a process of which you can say, this is how I want my community to go in the direction. And members that are that are on board can clearly see the path of which here's how to engage, here's how to be a good, good gold star member. And and those that are not interested weren't going to be interested in it anyway. <laughs> You know, they're just stopping in to get you know the the, the free mentor, or you know, just to add another uh, you know Discord to their their server list because some people like to collect them. I have no idea. Um, right. 
but but the, the core concept around that you can identify your most valuable members and draw and, and also see the data of where are they spending their time, where are they interested, and then create more content around that is is an extremely hard thing. So it's it's amazing. What um so going into Banco Style, which is huge and massive, what DAOs have you played around with kind of early on that you've been able to kind of test some of these theses out? So Bankless DAO is the, is the first major DAO that we're launching with, and that's going to be happening in late September. Um, we have two top 20, uh, one, one top three, uh, but two top 20 DAOs that we're pretty deep in partnership conversations with, and they likely would be coming off uh, uh, after Bankless DAO. But we'll be launching essentially with Bankless DAO. That's awesome. I mean, <laughs> why not? Um, so, yeah. what are, so let's talk through the tech of this. So, uh, I, I saw MetaMask. So, I'm assuming you've got some Ethereum and side chains. What, what, where, um, where are you guys, where are you guys building? So, we're multi-chain. Um, we are Ethereum and Polygon. Um, the reality is, is that you know, gas fees with Ethereum are you know inhibit a lot of uh, movements, and so most of the Interaction on Thrivecoin so far has been on Polygon. Yeah, it, it's going to become a bigger and bigger problem. I mean, <clears throat> you know, the merge is coming, <laughs> and it does nothing, nothing to solve gas fees, which is always my favorite misconception: is that it's going to lower gas fees. It's just going to make them be able to charge more gas fees faster. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And you know, when talking about banking micro actions in communities, it's an even bigger problem, right? Because how do you bank micro actions in communities? with an Ethereum-based token um, if uh, every time a transaction happens, you're paying $10 or $15 in gas fees, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard. And, you know, so we, we, we believe we have some innovative ways to, to kind of get around it, but you can't fully get around it. It's, you know, if, if you do, you're solving one of the biggest problems in crypto. The, the, the yeah. way to, do it is to not is to not, unfortunately, is to, to not transact on, on Ethereum, um, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, kind of jumping through a, a few of the other things that you guys have been working on and, and everything else, what, what's your, um, what does scale look like for you guys? I mean, what, Banco Style is a huge and, and everywhere else one, but, you know, is it, is it a 10,000, uh, you know, kind of users interacting on a daily basis, 100,000? Like, what does success look like for Thrivecoin? So, for us, the way that we plan on getting to scale is we'll be partnering with community after community after community after community. And, you know, Bankless DAO has tens of thousands of users or members. Um, and, you know, we think that communities with tens of thousands of members are the right kinds of communities to partner with. Um, and, you know, in terms of what does it look like, you know, tens of thousands of members probably by the end of the year, hundreds of thousands of members um, as we move through 2023. And we'll see how crypto grows and flexes. Um, you know, I've brought two organizations to scale before this, and, you know, it's happened in different ways both times. <laughs> and, you know, I believed I believed that a lot of our strategies would get us there that didn't, and some of the ones that I didn't think would get us there did. So... Yeah, and it's going to take time. I mean, there, there's there's no like mainstream adoption happening this year. <laughs> Just the same as there's no hundred thousand Bitcoin happening this year. Right. Um, Maybe another way to uh, to frame that though is is we definitely believe that 
you know, there's a B2B angle, which is we believe that we can achieve scale through partnership. But we also think it's important to build a brand that people can touch and experience with themselves. And so, you know, that's that's why the Missionaries NFT journey exists, because it's a way for people to interact with um, Thrivecoin unto itself. And, you know, at the same time, you know, the, the easiest step-by-step way to get to scale, in my experience, is through partnership. No, that's absolutely true. So, so Daniel, you you think a lot about community. You think a lot about Web three. What do you feel are some of the the just you know what does it take to make a successful community? Um, you know, it, over the next you know couple of years, because it, it does take time to build these things. And and who have you seen that's in your mind? You you feel like these are the right communities going in the right direction. Okay, um, so. <laughs> I I had like seven thoughts go through my mind at the same time, but but I'll take a step back and I want to I want to come at it from a couple different angles. So the first thing that I think is that community members need to feel rewarded and recognized, right? Our terminology for that is that they need to feel thanked, and it's really easy when markets are frothy for people to feel rewarded and recognized because for the most part they're making a lot of money across the board. But what happens when markets aren't frothy, right? How do we reward and recognize people? And, you know, they're, they're uh, I mean, at a holistic, from a holistic perspective, um, what that means is that we have to look at it from two perspectives. One is what is extrinsically motivating for people, um, meaning what do they feel like they're getting? And the other is um, what is intrinsically motivating for people? Why are they feeling really good? about this experience. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to answer those questions. Um, people have to feel like they're getting something, you know, whether it's crypto, whether it's an experience, whether, uh, it's an NFT, um, uh, whether it's, you know, something else, they have to feel honored extrinsically. And they also have to feel good about the experience, whether it's an on-chain thank you note, whether it's you giving them a hug, um, whether it's, you know, the elation of winning a flag football game uh, or anything else. And, you know, again, when everything is frothy, when you're stacking up win after win after win, it's easy and oftentimes you don't have to think about it. People just feel good. Um, community becomes front and center when things aren't frothy, when it's hard to see the wins, um, when people are questioning why they care. And it's in those moments that we need to think, you know, a lot about what it means to reward and recognize people, what it means to support people in feeling extrinsically and intrinsically motivated to stay in the game and to continue growing with you. Yeah, I, I think that really brings to me that the point of <clears throat> that I always I always think of is the money's going to come and go. the yeah. The projects are going to you know live and die. People's time is the one thing you can't ever give back. And if you can value people's time, you know, just as much as they value their own time, that's what creates a community. That's what means that, you know, you're going to have people say, I'm going to give you something of which I can't replicate or I can't make more of. I have only so much time. And so the thought that you've, you've got around the entire ThriveCoin, um, you know, process that you've done is really to make sure that the community knows their time is valuable. Um, the coin can have no, you know, if somebody uses a community coin that has zero intrinsic value, um, it, nothing, 
other than magic internet points, it's sometimes just fine. You know, Reddit's the number, what, five social media platform or, or, or in the world. Um, right. And, you know, they, they stack up points and they keep track of these things. I've got millions of, of fake internet points that nobody cares about. But you get a little badge next to your name for, for how many you have. You get access to, you know, a, a special little uh, chat room for other people that have more than 10 million votes. Sometimes it's not a monetary thing that you just you just want to feel like your time was was valuable. Right, right. Um, I remember talking with um, somebody who's had had significant amount of success in in the NFT space, and he asked. Uh, I asked him a similar question to the question that you asked me, and his answer was: People are primarily motivated by monetary returns, um, secondarily motivated by scarcity. And third, they're motivated by 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 being a part of community, and um, and so you know, and we were talking first, you know, at that time it was right almost at the inflection point, right at the inflection point. Meaning, I think it was March when he said this. Right, things were about to go south, <laughs> and it was a really interesting conversation because you know, I um, I don't know that that is a, an accurate reflection of my own motivations. But if you look at crypto, it's, it definitely feels like an accurate reflection of what's going on in crypto. I mean, people, when, when things are going good and um, there's a lot of money to be made, the amount of noise in Web3 is insane. It's insane. Um, and you know, then you look at, you look at, um, uh, NFTs, what's the primary motivator with NFTs? It's scarcity. Right. And so community, which he said was a far third, <laughs> you know, we don't, th- I, when I say we, I mean, people in crypto haven't been thinking that much about building great community because they didn't have to. And, you know, now they have to in a fundamentally different way. Um, and, and, you know, I think your point about Reddit is, is a good one. There's, you know, there's this question about like, um, what's our identity? Um, how do we fit in? Um, uh, what group do we fit in well with? And I think that Facebook did a really good job helping, you know, maybe less so today, but Facebook did a really good job helping people feel like they were a part of community even when they were behind a desk and not actually in community. I think Reddit in a very different way did that too. Um, so they did a great job, you know, honing the community piece and, and fake internet points weren't that fake because what they meant to people was you're a part of community. Yeah. Well, the, the entire influencer has, has you know, it's an entire job classification which people are making millions of dollars in some cases a, a week, um, yeah. you know, for, for, for fake internet, in exchange for fake internet points because they're, they're just, you know, so fouled. Um, you know, and I, I think it brings about a little bit of unifiers. One, you know, I, it, to me, community is, is like, you doesn't matter how great your project is. If you don't have a community behind it nowadays, it's you're just DOA, and I see this all the time. I mean, I I, I just had a very heartbreaking conversation with with a team that's been around for for over a year. They built an amazing project um, product. It, it worked. Everything was functional, and they made two errors. Um, and and you, it's hard to fault them on those two errors. Number one, um, they built during the bull run, and they they used the dev team that was available because there wasn't many, and so they built on Binance Smart Chain. <clears throat> and and you know I'm not going to go off on on 
BSC, other than the fact that there's a lot of people that won't touch it like me just because of religious exemptions. Like, I just don't want to be on another chain. Like, I'm so sorry. I, I, I get it. It's sorry. just the least, it's the, it's on the lowest end of the totem pole of which I'm going to go set up yet another wallet and go interact with another chain and deal with all the nonsense. So, right. so there was that because they, again, bull, bull run issues. Um, and the other is because, because everything was going up, you know, they never built a community. And so all of a sudden when, when the vacuum hit and the air rushed out of the room, they were left standing there with a bunch of people that didn't care one bit about their coin. They were holding it, you know, as a, as a uh, you know, they weren't using them <laughs> for the project. They were just quite simply buying and selling and trading them and, and, you know, made more money than the project, you know, this entire project people made off of it because they were sucking the liquidity out of the coin, you know, whenever they wanted to. So it, it really showcases that you can, and I think that every project, you know, has their coins and I, I get it. Um, but I think it showcases that it's, it's okay to have a, a coin that has no intrinsic value or no, no promise of intrinsic value, but it, it just helps solidify your long-term vision of the future and the people of which that are going to help you do it. Yeah. I, I really believe that the, uh, the only real differentiator in Web3 is community. Because, you know, at the end of the day, um, all of the tech is going to be given away. Mm-hmm. Um, and what separates, what makes you valuable and separates you from others is the viability of your community. If you have community, you'll probably be okay. If you don't have community, you better get community quickly so that you can probably be okay. And, and I think that you're giving, to me, the, the metrics of which you're now allowing to be watched are, are things that VCs should be paying attention to. Um, number of Discord users is, is garbage and useless. Number of Twitter followers is is as Elon is proving is just a bunch of bots. So, right. so what's the metrics of which you measure a community and that has to be engagement. Um, and you're giving a, a blockchain version. So I'm really, I'm really excited. And, and YWells is absolutely going to implement this and we're going to test it. We're going to play with it. And we're going to help you help you uh, help, help move everything forward with it. Um, yeah. But, but you know, for other people that are, are saying, Hey, I want to do a project and you've got your long list of roadmaps and everything else. Um, you know, really think about when you're, when you're building, uh, when you're building, you need um, to have a community and a community can't just be a Discord server because I got to tell you right now there, there's vacuums of you know people that have that have had <laughs> amazing Discord servers. I watched one that went from 120,000 users um, and watching some of the off-chain metrics on it and talking to the community leader on there. I mean he, he's lucky to have a, a, a thousand people now. Um, you know it's just oh a guys. bunch of dead yeah. a bunch of dead names of no one that's logged in. You know it's just constant. Um, you know why whales were very lucky. We've we've had good engagement you know throughout so far this this little bear market. Um, but Daniel, I'm really excited for kind of to see where this evolves and to see where it goes, um, because I think that you've, you're at the early stages of again that it, Web three is um, about communities. That's that's the Why Whales mission, vision, and values is that we believe that that community is the first and foremost um, you know important thing in any Web three project. Yeah, the, the quality of your community and the quality of their interaction, and you know I think Why Whales has done a good an extraordinary job having you know, one of the highest quality communities that could possibly exist, right? With quality interaction too. And, yeah, and you know, we got a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, your continued question is, what does it mean to deepen and broaden? What does it mean to deepen and broaden? And as long as you continue to do that well, and I think you've done that well so far, you're going to be in a great place. 
we're, we're excited. And, you know, we're, we're looking at projects like you guys and, and we want to help you out. And we, we really, it's, it's been amazing um, compared to the bull run of which, you know, we've been doing this now for almost two years um, right. with Y Whales. You know, and, and to be honest, the, the pace and the content of which we are able to produce right right now today is so far and away better. Um, because if you criticize a, a project, you know, during the bull run, you're you're just wrong because you can say this is this is garbage. There's nothing here. They have no code. They have no product. They have nothing, and they're they're going up a hundred percent. You know, right. and they're worth week, week over week. Right. Yeah, and, and you're going. Wait a second. What's what's going on? Right. Yeah. Yeah, you, you produce no value, you produce nothing, and, and here you are, like, congratulations, you went from zero to, you know, Olympus Dow is the perfect example. I mean, zero to 3.3 billion in seven months. And they had nothing in place to manage that amount of capital, nothing in place to be able to manage that uh, that, that influx of people, and it came crashing down about the same amount of speed. So, you know, but that's, that's, it's so much fun. So, Daniel, my, my, my kind of, you know, last question leading into this before we get to the final section here is, where, what is, um, you know, where, where do you see kind of communities evolving to? Um, because like I said, Discord, I think is going to fall away. Um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of bespoke, you know, kind of project like yours come out and say, here's this package that, that is how to manage a community. Because right now we're stuck putting it together. We've got 20 different things that we're, we're dealing with it. But where do you think that the, like, the tech concept is going? Is it a bunch of random things or is it a big product like a Facebook that's going to be built? <laughs> Interesting. Um, this may not be directionally where you were wanting this to go, but I guess what comes up for me is that Web3 community fundamentally is, is different from Web2 community. Because it's, it's, you know, at least theoretically, it's not owned by anybody, right? Like if, if you're in community on Facebook, um, Facebook owns and is in fact monetizing your eyeballs. 100%. Right? On the other hand, if, if you're um, in community in any of a number of DAOs or NFT communities, which are quickly becoming DAOs as well, um, your eyeballs aren't owned by anyone. You're, you're in fact co-owning the experience that you're creating. And so whereas Web2 communities were walled gardens and they were very intentionally walled gardens because it was entirely in Facebook's um, business roadmap and business strategy to do everything that they possibly could to keep you in Facebook um, the trajectory with Web3 communities is totally different, um, which is, uh, you know, hopefully where we're going is, you know, people are building infrastructure that allows people, that allows community members to close their eyes and ask big questions like, who am I? What do I care about? How do I want to contribute? Um, uh, do I feel like I'm getting value from this community? Um, do I feel like I'm giving value to this community? Um, uh, you know, what's the relationship between this community and that community and that other community over there? And so, you know, where I hope Web3 is going is it's giving people the opportunity to understand themselves in community outside of the forces of, 
of, you know, the, the Facebooks and the Twitters and so on and so forth of the world that are doing everything they possibly can to keep you there. And, you know, that. And, and that potentially creates much more authentic, much more engaged, um, much more, I believe, valuable uh, community. The rules are just a little bit different, right? If you want to create a, a valuable community, you can't wall them in in Web3. Um, yep. Ultimately, you're probably not going to be successful. If you want to create a valuable community, you actually have to create um, uh, roads to as many other communities as possible. Um, because just as you give others the opportunity to explore other places, that means that all those other places have the opportunity to explore your place as well. You, you nailed that question because it was kind of a loaded one of nobody wants to see another Facebook. No one wants to see another walled garden. <clears throat> the entire promise and premise of, of Web3 is that you can have hundreds, if not thousands of dApps and different, different, you know, kind of interconnecting smart contracts right. uh, and Web2 and Web3 things interacting to make a single community um, that you can integrate ThriveCoin in with five other chat servers. And you just, whatever people want to be is where you are. And the data is free, freely flowing on the blockchain is the way it should be. So you're not stuck in, in Zapier, Zapier API hell, you know, trying to deal with, you know, if anyone, if everyone's ever dealt with, with Zapier on a large scale, I mean, it doesn't scale well. It scales as good as you can possibly imagine, but it's not the blockchain. It's not able to just grab whatever it needs. And so, Daniel, I love that. I love that answer, which is Absolutely. the premise of Web3 is that it is going to be open, it is going to be free-flowing, it is going to be collaborative. Has to. Has to. Love it. All right, final section, Alpha Drop. You got anything cool that we should be kind of looking at? I know there's not a ton of ton of amazing projects that are shooting to the moon, especially today. Um, but any 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 kind of teams that you think are uh, projects that, that do uh, deserve some recognition, or just some overall thoughts about, about the way people should be looking at the market, especially from someone who's been around since 2013 and you've you've seen your your shares of bears, bulls, and and winters. Yeah, I, I mean, first, I guess I'll start with an overall thought, which is we all knew a crypto winner was coming, right? It was it was a long bull, and um, and you know, so so the question wasn't whether or not another crypto crypto winner would be coming. The question was just when, and you know, for some it came sooner, and for others it came later. But it's here, and one of the things that I've seen a couple times is when crypto winners happen. Uh, that's when real innovation happens. That's when real innovation happens. It's also when, you know, if you're building a community, you get to build without noise, right? There's been so much noise in crypto for so long, and a lot of that noise has died down. So if you want to build and execute and create value, there's never been a better time. Um, Now, you have to be more careful about how you spend money and about your treasury, um, but maybe you should have been anyway. Right. And um, a bull will come back, but you can also understand if it's your first bear in, <laughs> in crypto, you can also understand that within, uh, you know, within a context. All it is is, is a bull market. And, and there's great things, uh, you know, when that happens too, because it's always nice to, um, you know, have essentially money practically be created in error. Um, but you'll ne- you won't get moments like this where real innovation. Um, is possible without crazy noise. And, you know, the moment's here, so we have the opportunity to use it. That's my first general thought. In terms of organizations to look at, I mean, DAOs are still doing amazing things. Bankless DAO, uh, Bankless DAO, you know, their, their, their vision is that they want to bank the bankless. I mean, that is like aligned with the original vision of crypto. 
And you've got tens of thousands of people who are devoting all kinds of time uh, to seeing that vision through, right? Uh, you know, if you're looking at at the NFT world, I mean, obviously, uh, Horizon Labs, who I, I know and have been doing some work with, they uh, are really on the forefront and, and really understanding what's going on and, you know, are continuing to have some success even uh, in a market that that isn't so successful, and um, you know they're 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 continuing to be interesting projects, <laughs> like goblins. I don't know if you know Goblin Town if you've checked that out, but no, what is it? Um, you know, it's it's an NFT project that was launched a couple months ago that uh, you know went from nothing to being worth tens of millions of dollars, even in the midst of a significant bear market, because. Yeah, I believe anyway. My take on it is that they had a really interesting social commentary. They said, hey, um, all of these other NFT projects are being backed by uh, these significant uh, companies. Um, we're going to call bullshit on that and, um, you know, just do everything uh, in a way that appears to be kind of by. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know, like the, the, uh, that appears to be. It's, it seems like these guys are a little Doge 2.0 here. Without reason, or, without reason, totally. Um, yeah. and, and there was a Twitter spaces a couple, uh, maybe it was about a, about a month ago where, you know, Goblin Town had came out of nowhere, like out of nowhere and was extremely valuable. And people were going, what the hell is this thing? And so the creators get on, and they're and and what's believed is that uh, was that these creators would convey their philosophy, and instead they made goblin noises for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, th- there's all kinds of interesting stuff. There's all kinds of experimentation that continues to go on, and you know we'll see where it goes. That's amazing. Yeah, and 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 it's a good one. I think it it just sh- still showcases. Your item number four, which I did remember, fun. <clears throat> it's got to be fun. There, there is a gazillion projects of which that I have seen that have a much better valid theses than this that have put out amazing artwork, amazing NFT projects, and they are one one hundredth <laughs> as successful as these guys are today, right. moving fifty thousand ETH through their <laughs> through their contract. It's crazy. It's totally crazy. Yeah, and and, and you're exactly right. What did they get right? They were fun. And they were they were a little bit of social uh, social commentary on this moment in time, and yeah. you know it's amazing how fun, how far fun can take you sometimes. Yeah. I think it's fabulous. Uh, Why Wells, I really, uh, as always, appreciate and love your time. Um, this is Daniel Jacobs with, with ThriveCoin. Daniel, what's the best way for, you know, again, for, for people that, that want to know more about you guys, what you're doing, uh, or for community leaders that want to uh, engage ThriveCoin, where, where's the best place to find you? You can write to me at daniel at thrivecoin.com. You can visit us at thrivecoin.com. Or if you want to check out the missionary's journey, it's missionariesnft.com. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Why whalers, Daniel, we'll see you guys next time. Daniel, don't go anywhere and we'll, we'll catch you guys uh, here, hopefully on uh, the other side of 20,000 uh, <laughs> heading back up uh, within the next few hours. We'll, yeah. we'll hope. Don't, yeah. don't, not going to count on it, but <laughs> all right. Be good. Thanks. Why whales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbeck, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. 
YWales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywales.com. YWales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by Truthwork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.